0: George Sulci is with us, founder of Schultz Asset Management, to take a look at this to talk about all the debt these companies took on, sir. So it took on many forms during the pandemic. And what are your takeaways when you saw what occurred over the last uh, over 12 months?
1: Well, good to be back, Nicole. Uh, Well, we saw a lot of distressed debt last year. At one point, it was up over a trillion dollars last March, and now uh, it's dropped substantially. The distressed set outstanding uh, to about, about $100 billion today. Um, so lots of investors are concluding when they look at distressed securities investing, they believe that maybe there are no opportunities left. But we think that's actually wrong, uh, so long as you approach this sector in a nimble way. Because there's opportunities to make money with distressed companies before, during, or after they restructure, or in other words, before, during, or after bankruptcy. Um, Prior to bankruptcy, uh, usually the best opportunity is short-selling companies. And we saw a number of companies, uh, particularly last year, uh, that filed for bankruptcy where shareholders got nothing, like Chesapeake Energy, and Whiting Petroleum. Whiting Petroleum shareholders got a little bit of a uh, of recovery with uh, some out-of-the-money warrants. And you see that uh, recently, too, with Hertz, which is right now uh, one of the largest bankruptcies that's ongoing. Um, it looks like shareholders there might get maybe $0.50 cents a share. And out of the money, warrant. Um, so there are a lot of opportunities with uh, with investing in distressed debt. Uh, you just have to know how to do it, and uh, you've got to be be able to be flexible uh, by looking at opportunities either before, during, or after the distress hits.
0: You know, it's interesting because it's not something that everybody understands, but um, certainly a lot of the pros who really can step in here and um, do well with this strategy. The economy in the meantime is recovering, right? You tell me what you think. I mean, there has to be some really great opportunities. I know you've broken it down into distressed debt and outstanding arbitrage opportunities. Um, Could you break it down some more so we can really fully understand how you're going to work through this and what the strategy is as we recover, right? Assuming we're recovering, in your opinion. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, we, I think we certainly are. Um, you know, there's been a, an extreme amount of governmental support to the markets, both fiscal and monetary support. Interest rates remain, you know, minuscule. And, you know, it looks like uh, Biden is going to have a, a big infrastructure spend. You know, there's just a lot of stimulus that's helping a lot of companies recover. And generally, as COVID dissipates and quarantines become more widespread, I don't know if you remember, but last time we spoke, I had actually uh, just recovered from COVID myself. But people are coming out, and uh, they're spending money. Uh, consumers are spending money. The economy is recovering here in the U.S., and I think it's happening globally also. I think in that phase of the economic cycle, where here you see a pretty strong recovery and pretty strong support from the government, both with low interest rates continuing as well as fiscal support, uh, there'll be a lot of companies that went through COVID, many of which became distressed. Maybe they didn't go through bankruptcy necessarily, or maybe they did. But afterwards, they've come out on the other end of it, and some of those present pretty interesting post-distress equity opportunities, as we call them. Companies that previously restructured, the best ones, of course, are those that got rid of as much debt as possible. Some of the companies that emerge on the other side of this uh, crisis, if you will, also have interesting tax assets. They have something called NOLs, Net Operating Loss Carry Forwards. That can be used to offset future taxes going forward for the company. And all other things equal, companies with larger NOLs are worth more on an after-cash or after-tax cash basis than their peers. So there are some companies that fit that profile pretty well. One, for example, is PG&E, the utility in California that restructured last year. It has huge NOLs. It's trading at about $11 a share, but we think it's worth probably closer to 20 to 25. Another one from long ago, uh, General Motors, which reorganized in 2009, still has large NOL um, that increase its after-tax cash flow. That company's stock is trading at under 60, but we think it's worth over 85. So just, those are just two examples, but there, as you can imagine, there are a lot of companies and a lot of different industries that were distressed. Some became more distressed with COVID, and now you know the opportunity has really shifted to looking at them and thinking about whether there's be money to be made almost in an arbitrage way, by finding cheap companies, cheap value investments uh, uh, you know, for the long run going forward.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I'm so glad you're breaking it down in this way, as you noted about the restructuring that we did see from PG&E last year and General Motors back in 2009, roughly. Um, and when they get to get rid of some of the debt, they do this restructuring. And as you said, talking about these NOLs and the better tax benefits that they face, um, this is why I guess you have to have this flexibility when you're trying to invest like this because it's hard to know which ones might actually be in these types of situations at any given point. Tell me about names like Whiting Petroleum and Chesapeake. Um, those are names you're watching as well. Um, where do those fit in in all of this distressed investing?
1: Well, energy was really ground zero for distressed investing because the price of oil plummeted so much. At one point, it went negative uh, early last year. And so there was a, a tremendous amount of junk-rated debt outstanding in the energy space, everything from natural gas to oil producers, and you know up the value chain to uh, you know service providers and, and uh, even refiners. Um, Chesapeake Energy was an interesting opportunity if you had short-sold the stock. Same with Whiting Petroleum. With Chesapeake, shareholders got nothing, uh, so you could have shorted that stock for 100% return. Uh, with Whiting, as I said earlier. Uh, uh, shareholders did get some out-of-the-money warrants when that company restructured, um, but those are still you know, pretty well out of the money even now. I think the opportunity with both of those, as the oil markets have recovered so much and so have the natural gas markets since the call dog days of COVID, is that commodity prices have, have, have really moved up from, from the lows. Now oil is close to $70 a barrel. And with that, you know, Whiting, both Whiting and Chesapeake, uh, Whiting ticker is uh, WLL and Chesapeake is ticker CHK, both of them look like attractive long investment opportunities now. Um, they're just very cheap. They've both eliminated a lot of debt and their former lenders have received a newly restructured equity. Uh, in, in both cases, we think uh, you know, those equities provide uh, for interesting upside potential.